1: This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's mortgage mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified mortgage planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer DuPlessis. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you again for joining me, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery, where I am your host, Jen DuPlessis. Here we focus on you, the loan originator, helping you your business grow to heights you never thought were possible. We love giving you ideas um, that can make you better and share my successes with you sometimes so they don't have to reinvent the wheel. And the last part is always getting advice from realtors, other loan officers, and our referral partners and not just my take on things. So today I would love to welcome our guest, Dean Darzinski. He is the Vice President and Managing Director of the Pacific Region of MGIC. Um, he's based in Seattle, Washington, and began his career with MGIC as a sales rep um, in the D.C. metro area, which is my hometown area, in late 1993, and he got into the business as an intern while attending the University of Maryland, um, and he began originating loans um In Maryland, but he's been married, um, and he'll tell you more about MGIC, but he's been married for 21 years, and his wife is Jennifer. It's such a great name, Um, and he has two kids that are in um, one, a sophomore at Western Washington University, and the other, a senior in high school. So he's almost an empty nester like me. So I'd love to welcome you, Dean. How are you today?
0: I am good, and thank you for the introduction.
1: No problem. Well, we're happy to have you on board. And just so that everybody knows and to kind of give um, some backdrop on how we decided that we were going to have this podcast and have you a guest on our podcast. And in fact, we're going to have you a guest a little later on our podcast to talk about some other things. But um, you and I had the pleasure of meeting when I was on the Top Producer Roundtable um, tour with Gibran Nicholas through CMPS. Uh, where MGIC was the sponsor, and then later you and I had an opportunity to talk um, and be at a breakout session at. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think what the mastermind this year. <laughs> I get rid of the mastermind. It yeah, was... mastermind in Las Vegas. Yeah, yep, yep, and so you know the, it was great because at the mastermind. Um, we, uh, I gosh, I think there were what three thousand people that were there. There was some, there were some realtors there, but mostly loan officers. And our breakout session maybe had what one hundred and fifty people, you know, something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, probably around
1: that. Yeah, and you know, so the reason I wanted you to be on the podcast here was that you know. Talking to 150 people is certainly not going to get the word out about what you're discussing and what we talked about in that in that session. So this will give us a bigger audience to be able to do this. And and for those of you listening, you know, as I always say, is please share this in your sales meetings and share this with your other loan officer colleagues and spread the word. I I love um, hearing everyone's feedback and hearing. Um, people asking, when is my next one coming out, my next uh, podcast, etc. So I really appreciate that. But, you know, this is great to use in a sales meeting as well. So if you're a manager or if you're someone who's on a team or you're in an office and you want to share this with your manager, this will be a great opportunity to do that. Um, so, Dean, what we're going to talk about today is working with millennials. And one of the great things that I love about MGIC is that you guys have so many resources and tools for us as loan officers. Officers. And and I find that I use a lot of them because I have a very strong relationship with my account executive, um, Tim McCoots here in, in my area. And as a result, I'm able to use so many of your resources. And I find that a lot of loan officers just don't have access to that for whatever reason. And I don't think it's the account executive at MGIC. I think it's loan officers not really realizing that you guys are a real great powerhouse in sharing information. So um, in working with millennials, I found your presentation in um, Vegas to be fantastic. And I wanted to share share that with my podcast um, subscribers. And so those of you that are listening in, you are going to get this presentation um, in its full format so that you can go out and Use this in your real estate offices and increase your business as well. So, Dean, let's get right in into this. Um, you know, let's talk just uh, real quickly about you know your path with MGIC and how um, you know how you got to being to this point at, with MGIC.
0: Sure. Well, I, I you know, as you had mentioned, I started straight out of college in the mortgage business, and uh, luckily, just happened to go to a, a presentation skills training in Chevy Chase, Maryland. And at that time, they were looking for an account rep in uh, the Anne Arundel County and Baltimore area. Was lucky enough to get hired on from there and then uh, made a couple moves across country. And, you know, back in the late 90s, moved up to uh, Seattle, or actually the early 2000s, moved up to Seattle to start to manage the Northwest. I uh, had some great mentors during my time, and um, you know, they, they were able to guide me along the path to where I am now, which is around the Pacific region. So uh, it's, it's a great company. I think, as you said, it, it, it we spend a lot of time and energy on focusing on what's important to the originator and to our customers and trying to figure out ways in which we can help them do more business. So, uh, yeah, that's my path with MGIC, and now my charge is really to – make sure that we're doing that across the Pacific region from a business development standpoint.
1: That's great. So tell me how you got into focusing on millennials just because that, that's our specific topic today, but, but where did that all start? And, you know, let's just kind of start digging into why millennials I'm I'm hearing, you know, to be honest with you, i that's all everybody's talking about. How to work with millennials? This, yep. you know, this session and that session, and I, you know, I, and I think that it can get very diluted. But what you have to say is extremely important. So let's talk about why millennials. Why is that a focus now?
0: Well, I think it's you know for for the obvious reasons. I mean, I, people look at the baby boomers, and, and a lot of people think that the baby boomers are the biggest generation, but they're not. It's it's really the millennials. And when you start to look at the numbers, it's going to be the biggest group to ever come through. The housing industry. So, you know, my mind, I, you know, we take a look at this because our, our business is first-time homebuyers. We're about to enter the golden age of first-time home buying, and I think what you read out there is so much misinformation. There's a great great quote: If you if you don't read the paper, and this was obviously back in the day when people read newspapers, if you don't read the newspapers, you're uninformed. If you read the newspapers, you're misinformed.
1: And I just think there's a
0: lot of misinformation and, um, you know, it makes you believe that these people, it's the renter nation. It's, you know, they're never going to buy. And when you really start to dig into the statistics and uh, what's out there, you know, they are buying. So, yeah, you know, I, I look at the millennials as a great opportunity because I think everybody's kind of taken the approach of, geez, they're, they're on the sidelines. They're uninterested. They saw what happened in the downturn. No, they're interested, and, and I think it's a great opportunity for a loan officer to go out and educate them. And uh, that—that's why we're so focused on it because it's—it's it's really our core business.
1: Right, and I think you—you you have a lot of statistics too. Do you want? You mind sharing some of the statistics about that? And I think I—I I found that your statistics were different than others, and it really opened up uh, my eyes to think, "Gosh, you know, I better hire a millennial on my team ASAP." <laughs> like, should have already yeah. had somebody on my team.
0: We, we, we've done that in our corporate office and it, it's an eye opener. It's a whole different way to look at things. Yeah, you know, and a lot of it just comes right out of what's published out there. If people have never gone and looked at it, the NAR puts out a great um, report. It's the home buyer and seller generational trends. And that's got some great information. You know, one of the things is that, you know, millennials, they want to live downtown. They want to live in a condo. They want to be in the city center. But when you actually look at Where they buy their home and the type of home that they buy, it's the same as what we've always done. You know, 80% of them are buying single-family detached homes. Yeah, I found found that. Completely counter to what everybody believes. The majority of them are buying out in the suburbs or small towns or rural areas. They're not buying in the urban cities. So, you know, as they grow up, they want to do what we did. They want to move out to the suburbs. They want to have their land. They want to have some elbow room and some privacy but i I think one of the 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 biggest statistics i saw was in a uh, report by john burns consulting back in 2014 and that took a look at what was the home ownership rate of people when they were 25 to 29 years old and how does that compare to 25 to 29 year old year old today and when you look at that you actually see that 25 to 29 year olds today are buying basically at pretty much the same rate that we did when we were 25 to 29. I actually just turned 45 this year, so they actually have a higher homeownership rate than my group did when we were 25 to 29. So, you know, if if, if they're the renter nation, then I was the renter nation, and I bought my first house at 24. So, you know, I think when you start to look at this stuff, it, it puts a different light on where the millennials are and what they're doing, and that maybe the wave has already come onto the beach, but we missed it. And that's where I think the great opportunity is, because as you're a loan officer and you're out there working with your realtor referral partners or or any referral partner, the education and the awareness that there is a vast amount of people that are trying to get a home, and they completely misunderstand what's involved in getting a home, and maybe that stops them from making that home purchase. Um, that, that's what gets me excited about mornings.
1: Right, right. And I think, you know, there are a lot of myths out there. Um, you know, I, I was just on a conference call the other day on Mortgage Coach and I was listening to um, some of the statistics that are coming out of, again, NAR and, and some other places is that most, and I know this from doing my own first-time homebuyer classes, is that most people still think they have to put 20% down. I am just floored by that. And so here you have these young kids that are just scraping and and you know trying to make ends meet. They're they're um, finally finding jobs, but they're not always the best high paying. They're at least in my area, um, you know, three or four people will live in a, a little you know two bedroom apartment in Arlington, Virginia, right outside of D.C. because it's just so expensive, and they need to be mm-hmm. close to their job. Um, and so they think, you know, I'm going to put my hands up. There's really nothing I can do. And I, I think that myth is still out there. I don't think that it's, um, has been diluted. I think we still have to get out there and tell a lot of people, a lot of, um, 24 to 29 year olds that, that they don't have to have 20% down. And so
0: there's a, there, there's a, there was a great study that was done by Wells Fargo and this was just back in September. So, you know, my how time flies! Now it's almost a year ago, but mm-hmm. yeah, pretty fresh. data. And they asked millennials, "How much do you know and understand the financial process of buying a home?" Seventy-four percent of them said, "I know everything about it." You know <laughs> so I, I, I know everything you need to know an expert at it. Maybe because they went online, and because it says online, and that that's that's what what's true. But they then asked them. Um, how much money do you have to put down to buy a home? And forty-four percent of the people who said they know everything about buying a home, we have to put twenty percent down. Mm-hmm. So you take forty-four percent of those people plus the other twenty-six percent who say I know nothing about the mortgage process. Yeah, that's the really, you know half of millennials in this survey either were misinformed or uninformed. So yeah, your your point about just the, the the education opportunity that exists out there is is tremendous because I think still a lot of people think they got to put twenty percent down because what do they read in the papers? Okay. You got to have a lot of money, you got to have perfect credit, and their idea of perfect credit is over seven sixty. Well, you know we'll we'll, we'll go down to six twenty FICO on a on a right. loan, and we'll do a ninety seven LTV. So. Getting that information out there, I think, is, is the best thing that we can do.
1: You know, and and you're right with that statistic because um, most people think that they have to have a perfect credit card. We, I call it the Gospel of Google, which I got from a colleague of mine, which you, you met him too when we were up in Seattle. Yep. The Gospel of Google. Everyone goes on and reads Google, and, you know, and if it says it, it must be right. But the thing is um, – mm-hmm. The average person thinks that a good credit score is 740. When most loans that are being done today, the average credit score is 688, mm-hmm. and, and that is um, a huge difference in what everyone thinks. You know that oh, if my credit score is not 700, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be able to buy a house, and so they just give up. So somehow yeah. we've got to, yeah. So somehow we've got to reach them. So what are some of the suggestions that you have on how we can reach millennials and and work with our account executives at MGIC or work independently, however however that works. But give us some some ideas on some tools that we can we can utilize.
0: I think one thing is to you know let let the millennial spread the word for you. And, and I know when you when you say the word or the phrase social media. That probably gets every compliance manager at every more company. You know, the alarms go off, the red lights start flashing. But one of the things is when these people and you do a loan for them, you go to the closing and you know they love to post stuff on whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or you know, whatever their social media uh use is, be grab their phone. Start taking pictures with their phone, maybe jump in the picture, ask the closing agent or the, the escrow agent or you know how are the attorney wherever you may be located what the, what the state does in, in from a closing standpoint, ask them to take a picture with you with that millennial. And then when they go to post it on Facebook, they say, hey can can you tag me in it right And the next thing you, you were just present at probably the, the the biggest event in their entire life if they haven't had kids and it's probably the happiest they'll ever be during that mortgage process because it's final they're getting their keys. They're a first-time home buyer, and they can post out, you know, thanks, Jen, for for helping us make this process so easy. They put that on Facebook, and all of a sudden it's going out to their 350, 400 friends, and their friends are going, well, geez, I, I thought it was hard to get along. You just told me it was easy. Maybe I need to call Jen and and talk to her about buying a house. And you didn't, you didn't do anything on your social media site. You didn't post anything that needed to be, you know, equal housing opportunities or anything along those lines, you just got tagged. And all it required was an hour of your time or however long that closing takes and zero uh, resource from an income standpoint. Right.
1: Well, and, you know, as I'm always telling everyone is, you know, it's so important for you to attend your closings because that is the point of sale. Instead of being out golfing or working on the next transaction, you need to be at the closings. And you don't have to be there the whole time if you don't want to be. You can you know, show up in the beginning, get a picture. You can show up at the end, get a picture if that's what you want. But it's a great opportunity for you to be able to do that. And definitely having that third-party um, validation or recommendation is always much stronger than your own post. So I, def- yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
0: And when they post it, it's, you know, the likelihood that if they're on Facebook, the likelihood it's going to go to Twitter, it's going to go to Instagram, LinkedIn, it's going to hit all those. And when you look, you know, going back to one of those questions you were talking about, the the statistics behind it, you know, we're we're trying to reach not just their family members, but the rest of their friends and and connections within those. Uh, Ninety-one percent of their connections are current friends. Eighty-seven percent are connected friends from the past. So you're reaching their high school friends, their college friends. 58% of them are work colleagues. So now you're entering into the place that they work. And it may just lead to a couple additional connections that that you can make. I think one of the interesting statistics, 39% of their friends are people they've never, ever met. So not only are you getting their small sphere of influence, you're also reaching people that they wouldn't even know if they met them on a a sidewalk and they're Facebook friends with them. Right. And we all have Yeah. It opens doors that uh, it's very easy to take advantage from that standpoint.
1: Okay. So that's great. So the first thing, first suggestion you have in reaching them is to take a photo. When you do a loan with a millennial is take a photo of closing and ask them to post it on, you know, to post it and tag you. So what's next? What yep. else could we do?
0: Now, the other thing, when you, when you start looking at just the life cycle of millennials, um, you know, they, there's no doubt that they're putting things off and getting married may be one of those. Um, but 25% of millennials bought a home together before they got married. So to me, I, I look at that as an opportunity. And then when you look take that a little further, uh, Housing Wire did a study and they found that 38% of millennials would put off a wedding or a honeymoon if it would help them buy a home. I look at that and say, well, why Why would you want to put off a wedding or a honeymoon to buy a home, why not do both? You know, we, we go back to this discussion of down payment and access to funds. And in today's world, there, there's still I find there's still a lot of people who believe they have to have a minimum of 5% contribution into the deal. Right. But they right. get 100% of the down payment and closing costs as a gift from mom and dad. So another avenue to get into this is kind of opens up a whole maybe new referral source is wedding planners yeah you know, they're, they're talking to these millennials they're helping them and yeah I don't know all the specifics around the guidelines but wouldn't it be great if the wedding planner suggested instead of buying a uh, a, a crystal glass or some dishes or or silverware you know, make a donation to their down payment fund mm-hmm. now you've got a fund good season and you've got money to go buy a house with So I think it it opens up another door and another avenue to reach this market that's so big.
1: Right, right. I think so. And what we let's see. There's the 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 divorce force, and then the wedding something. There's there's a whole group of people. And so you know, if you're listening in, there go to your you know just check online. There's probably a meetup or there's some networking groups or things locally because I know I have it here where they have. all the wedding planners, all the um, flower people, the caterers, all of them, and they all pal around and go together. And like we've always said, if you want to meet financial planners, go hang out where they do. If you want to meet realtors, hang out where they are. Same thing here. If you want to meet wedding planners um, and try to get into that, then go to bridal shows and go to you know those types of things to meet them. I want to, um, and I've done that before, so I, I, maybe that'll be another podcast on how to do that. Um, I want to I want to just address this because keeping in mind that you know this is about millennials as a whole is that FHA has a uh, bridal registry program that you can deposit money into. So as long as you have an FDIC insured bank account, people can donate money or donate or give money to a couple into their bridal registry. So rather than having it at Target and Nordstrom or something like that, you actually have your bridal registry um, as a specific separate account in your bank, uh, in their bank, and people can donate into that account, and therefore it's not considered to be funds um, other than from family members. So that will be something, Dean, I'll probably ask you to just check on and make sure that it's not going to be an issue from your perspective. I'll check on the Mayor, uh, the Freddie and Fannie guidelines as well, and I'll probably reissue that in a Jen's jot just so that everyone has um, the guidelines straight on that. But uh, if FHA is doing that, I imagine that we can find that in the conventional world as well, just like you had mentioned, um, for people to donate into yes. that account.
0: And and I know that we we've worked with some now. This is where you get into the difference of a financial institution who's got a portfolio, yeah. where they've set up those deals as yep. well. So from yep. our standpoint, it's not an issue. It's the agency issue uh, yep. that that I don't know. That so yep. we'll, we'll need to check into that.
1: Yep, then. and it's so all issued that on a Jen's jot. So everybody be looking out for that. I'll have you know the answer to wedding planners on on a Jen's jot. Um, you know, I wanted to sh- just share another statistic that I have. Um, that I was um, on this this call I was at the other day, um, and that's that said, millennials between the ages of 18 and 34, when they, when they were asked, and this is from digital risk, um, when they were asked if you are interested, actually interested in purchasing a home in the next five years, um, 69.6% said they were. So that's a huge percentage of people that want to be homeowners, really, really want to be homeowners. But when they were asked, well, why are you renting then, um, it was, I can't afford the down payment. Fifty percent of them said, mm-hmm. I cannot afford the down payment. And the other thirty-one said they can't, said they can't qualify, yet they had never spoken with a mortgage lender, which cracks me up. Uh, so how do they know if they can qualify or not?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it just it, it keeps coming back to the common theme of education, education, education. I'm, I'm just looking at a graph here of how many 18- to 34-year-olds there are in uh, the United States. And you, I think you said 69% said they'd buy in the next five years. Right. There's 75 million 18- to 34-year-olds. Wow. So that's a big number. That's a lot of business that's going to be out there to right. be had. Now, is and, that a... Uh,
1: is that in your millennial presentation, or can you can you provide that so I can get that on my
0: website? Yeah, it actually it actually is one of the first uh, couple slides. Right. It, it Thank you. shows about um, you know where millennials are, and then it's got the more depressing numbers of where the Gen X and Boomers because as they as they extend the graph out, our numbers are declining for some odd reason. Yeah, but you know, interesting when you look at that. You, you say, okay, we're getting older. We, we aren't bunny rabbits. We aren't creating more millennials. They don't come out as 18 to 34-year-olds. But yet Pew Research says that number is going to grow from 75 to 81 million. And I think this brings up another potential opportunity. The reason for that is because of immigration. Yeah. So, you know, we've so many people coming to, to the United States for all the obvious reasons, which creates a little bit of a, I think, it, again, it's another opportunity, but from our standpoint as originators in the mortgage business how are we going to sell to the that immigrant population and how what is their lifestyle how do they save their money how do they where do they put their money all those types of things so you know as we learn more about this group that's going to be one aspect of it that i think we're going to need to pay some attention to to, to try and make sure that we're marketing to them in uh, in the correct manner yeah
1: and i and i do see you know i've seen for years and years how that that demographic is growing and and being a bigger part of you know, uh, the lending industry as well. And, you know, yep. considering that baby boomer boomers, you know, gosh, I, I don't even know how, how fast baby boomers are retiring now, but they were retiring at a pace of 10,000 people per day. Um, and that was supposed to be the biggest generation. And now this generation is exceeding that generation. So there is no reason why we wouldn't want to tap into this. So when you – so you – I just want to kind of recap where we're at so far. So we, we said, you yep. know, one is – Um, Get a photo at closing to use those opportunities to go through social media as best we can, you know, to get the word out and have it spread. The other is um, work with wedding planners, recognize that we have immigration um, or immigrants coming in, and and that's a market that we want to look at. What would be another one final um, way for us to get in front of millennials?
0: Yeah, I I think it's, it's sometimes we may forget about this, but it's leveraging the database we already have. Uh, we've a tremendous amount of baby boomers Uh buy homes finance uh you know become homeowners and that is a gold mine uh you know i think we've been saying it for 18 years but when this refi market ends now you know who knows when the refi market ends um you know where where are the new purchasers going to come from and again you kind of go back to the statistics and and one of the byproducts of the Great Recession was a lot of these millennials moved back in with mom and dad. Actually thirty six percent of the population have adult children between the ages of eighteen and thirty-one living at home. Many of those people, you know, aren't sitting on the couch playing Nintendo. They're actually employed and they, they just moved back home because they wanted to save money or or whatever. But I think that's a great opportunity you know, we keep coming back to this down payment piece, and, and it's a great opportunity to go back to those people who you've already done transactions for. They already trust you. You're, you're, you're their partner when it comes to a mortgage. And talk to them about, hey, you know, I was looking back at my records, and you had Johnny and Sally, who at the time were 16 and 18, but that was 10 years ago. What are, what are Johnny and Sally doing now? Have you thought about maybe giving them a down payment because you can gift that to them? There's just different ways that we can market to that group and feed those people back into our referral partners. So if you still have the agent uh, contact information from the original purchase, maybe you can work with them and go back to the Johnsons and see where their kids may be. So I I think that's a great, great opportunity uh, to use that database that we have and leverage it to get to their children.
1: I think so too, and I think you know one of the things that we all do, and you know, I, we I've talked about this several times in podcasts. You know, is reaching out back to your database, and um, whenever rates drop low, you have a tendency to call everyone that has a, you know, rate spread that's big enough for you to reach out and say, "Hey, let's refinance. Let's refinance." Um, But maybe we're missing people and not calling certain people in our database because they're not prime or ready for or ripe for a refinance. We're missing all kinds of opportunities to call them and just ask about how the family is doing and the kids. And even if you didn't statistically keep the data that you should have when you first met them about their children and, and their ages and whatnot, when you find out that they do have college kids or the kids are getting married or whatnot, that's the opportunity that you can take. So. You never know, you know, what making those phone calls would do. So I think that's that's a fantastic idea. Is there one more idea that you'd like to share with us before we start wrapping up?
0: You know, I, I, I just think when, when you look at it, you come back to make sure your realtors are educated on what's available out there. Because I, I still find I'll go out and speak with loan officers at real estate offices. They still have a lot of questions and misperceptions of what can be done uh, from a mortgage standpoint, because it's it's pretty flexible. I mean, you know, other than the 05, 06, 07 years, we probably have never been this expansive. Now, you know, the manufacturing process of the loan, you know, we, we we can all agree that's kind of a, a mess. Yeah. But that that that's that's where we come in. That's not for the realtor and the buyer to experience. That's that's the value we provide is we we shield them from all the stuff we have to do behind the scenes but um yeah just tell the story how easy it is to get a loan uh, in today's world if you've got a job you can document and, and you got money in a bank that you can document um, it, it to me it's, a, it's just a couple simple things leverage the data that you have educate the people that are out there and and get them to do your marketing for you on their social media
1: yeah yeah. I think so, too. That's great. So now how would you recommend that we work with our local account executives? You have some um, some great fact sheets that I have in my possession, and I will be posting up on um, the notes pages for this podcast. Um, and, it, and it's great, and I can I see that it can be personalized as well, so I don't know exactly how that gets done. So I'll, I'll just post the generic one up there. But how, how can we get our hands on this document to or is the PDF something I can personalize? Is it, can I just go in and do that? I didn't even notice that. Maybe no, we'll,
0: we'll customize it for you. Okay, um, so reach out to our AE. Reach out to your account manager. Uh-huh. If you don't know who your account manager is, you can always go to MGIC.com, uh-huh. and uh, right from the home page, you can click on the, the link that says Find Your Account Manager. You click on whichever state you're in, and it'll give you the drop-down, and, and it has all their contact information there. But... Yeah, I think you mentioned at the beginning of this the the information that Tim provides and the value that Tim brings, and sometimes people may overlook that. Uh, we've got a tremendous amount of information. The, the pieces that you're talking about we call infographics, and it's one of our uh, millennials that we hired created it. So for, for us older individuals, we, we may look at it and say, oh, my God, this thing looks very messy. It's not symmetrical. It doesn't flow. That's what speaks to millennials. And it has a lot of the statistics that you and I spoke about just in terms of what runners' beliefs are, what what first-time home buyers beliefs are, things that we can talk to agents about. And we will customize those with the loan officer's name, phone number, and company name yep. um, so that they can go out. And I think it's a great opportunity to blow it up into a poster. We'll give you the PDF, take it to Kinko's or wherever and blow it up in a poster, slap it up on a wall at a realtor meeting and you've got five great things to talk about with agents on some opportunities and then how you can solve for whatever issues appear on that. So it's a, it's a great presentation that you can do, and you can always bring your MGIC account manager along with you, but leverage, leverage your MGIC account manager. Uh, we also through our connects MGIC connect site do a lot of webinars that are directed towards marketing to millennials, working with realtor referral partners, Uh, We did a whole recap of the NAR uh, home buyer and seller profile that was put out at the end of the year. So it's just a tremendous amount of information that um, somebody can leverage and, and really use to differentiate themselves in today's market.
1: Yeah, I agree, and actually, I love these flyers. I think they're fantastic. Um, wait, subscribers, listeners, wait till you guys see these. These I think they're wonderful. They're colorful. They're they're clear. Um, I, I think they're absolutely wonderful, and I love the idea of making it a poster because we actually have currently an MSA with a Remax office, which God knows how long we'll have it, but I, I can't wait to get these blown up and put into the office because it will be something where people, you know, walking by will say, hey, what is that? What's going on with that? So certainly and much better to hand out than a business card at a networking event because it gives everyone something to talk about. So I, w- I will post uh, or put all of these up there. I will post the link to um, the webinars. You guys do wonderful training. And, of course, I'm not biased because I was on the training. But uh, <laughs> I was a speaker on one of the training, or a couple of them. But uh, the training is fantastic. And, you know, I always find that M um, G I C account executives seem to be better at presenting and sales than the others. And I don't know why that happens. I don't know how it happens, but I don't care. You guys are wonderful at presenting. I'm never um, concerned about bringing an account executive in with me to present at an event, and I've done that many, many times, have them come into my classes and, and whatnot. Um, the other thing, one last thing I want to talk to you about on this this front is that you also have a first-time homebuyer kit. Um, this yes. Oh my gosh, I use I or I ordered extras of the budgeting and the uh, you know understanding your credit and things like that, and I give mm-hmm. them to all of my clients. But tell us real quickly about that, and then we'll wrap this up.
0: Yeah, the, the first time homebuyer kit is something that uh, can be utilized for marketing pieces. You mentioned a couple of the pieces in there in budgeting and budgeting and how to manage your credit. That's part of what we call the get ready series. And uh, those are very nice um, uh, handouts that are bifold, tells you everything you would even know about how to budget for buying a home. It's got a budget on the back that they can that they can utilize. Uh, the, the credit ones talk about how to manage your credit, what's in a credit report, all those types of things. And they're great Uh, resources to do first time home buyer seminars Uh with, um, Uh it's, it comes all packaged together. It's out of the box, ready to go. So you as the originator really don't have to do anything other than just provide the training. We do all that stuff for you, so you can just go present. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time creating anything.
1: Yeah, I love it. It has all the PowerPoint presentations. It has the scripts, the notes on it. So it is just really, uh, you know. So everybody listening, get with your account executive and ask about the first-time homebuyer um, training series as well, where you can go into a real estate office and do a series of training um, sessions, and they lay it all out for you. They teach you how to do it. You can hear a sample of one. Um, so that you don't even have to create a first-time homebuyer presentation. And, you know, these days, and I think it's fine to call it a first-time homebuyer presentation, but these days, you know, market it as a millennial presentation. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll get more people coming in. I think the the first-time homebuyer verbiage is just a little more diluted, but the content is for millennials regardless. So, okay, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, um, as I ask all my guests, is what books are you reading? Right now, or what book are you reading right now that you could share with us so that we can continue to be life learners?
0: Well, it it, it is probably one that you've never heard. Um, My son, who you mentioned at the beginning of this is going to be a sophomore in uh, college, has been a writer. And um, he just wrote his second book, his first book he wrote when he was 14. So that book he, he wrote for fun. This book he actually wrote to try and get published. So I'm in the middle of reading uh, reading his book, which is uh, kind of a, a fantasy science fiction type book. And, and it's really the, the, the basis behind it is perspective and that uh, everybody has a different perspective and things mean different things to people. So you can't just look at it from your perspective. You have to take everybody's perspective into view to, uh, to really understand what's going on in the world.
1: Interesting. So and that's it's
0: the interesting. Book
1: Yeah, I was going to say, well, it's interesting that, you know, again, another millennial is looking at, you know, being fair and, you know, having everyone look at everything from a different perspective before he's even in the work world, because that's something that we don't always do in the work world, right? We don't ever, we don't always look at things from everybody's perspective. So that's, that's great. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. Well, Dean, is there anything else you'd like to leave with our, with our guests at all?
0: No, I I just I'd I'd like to reinforce what you said at the beginning that uh, the MGIC account manager in your local market, wherever you may be, is a tremendous resource for you. And they are more than happy to work with you, to develop business, to grow business. You know, as all of us are in sales, we all do that to help grow our own business and uh, hopefully we can do that together uh, moving forward because so I do think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity out there. You mentioned um, at the beginning of this that uh, one of the places we, we worked together was a mastermind. There's also a mastermind event coming up, I believe, in November in yes. New Jersey, and uh, we are offering discounts to that if you sign up through MGIC, so ask your MGIC account manager about that. And uh, those are those are great uh, venues to get all kinds of great ideas from people like yourself who uh, are out there originating mortgages in today's world. So, I really appreciate the opportunity. MGIC appreciates the opportunity, and uh, we look forward to working with everybody out there on, on growing their business with, with millennials and everyone else.
1: Great. Well, and I are you coming to the one in uh, Atlantic City? Are you going to be at that not- one? Oh, okay. All right. Well, because I know I'm doing the breakout session again. So, okay. So if anybody's listening and you're heading to uh, Atlantic City in November um, to that mastermind out there, um, I'm going to be speaking with, uh, I guess, one of your counterparts at MGIC at, with the breakout session talking about millennials yep. and another little secret that we'll keep quiet for now because that was our little bonus item when we got there. So again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Please look at the link um, to the show notes and um, grab all of the goodies that we're going to have up there and the resources for you. And as a reminder, I know you love listening and I love your um, feedback. Please continue to post on iTunes reviews so that I can get more and more exposure so that we can get more and more different types of people on here to help increase your business. And I will talk to you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery.
1: If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at KineticSparkConsulting.com.